Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, guys, I'm Si. Welcome to today's podcast station, the home of Rodri Gigs on football. Uh, Rodri's had a, an issue last minute, so uh, luckily for me, I have uh, the delectable Mr. Robert Boyle joining me. But um, oh, just delectable. Uh, delectable, mate. Uh, oh, my, like word, my word of the day. But um, but just oh. as we wait for uh, a few of the latecomers and all that, uh, all that jazz, as it were, um, little Super Six update. Uh, Matthew Williams, an ex-Cardiff City legend, Andy Leg, and it both had a good run, scoring 12 points. <laughs> but top of the table this week was none other than the organiser himself, Mr. Will Melius, on 14 Yay. points. Uh, it wasn't such good news for myself and Rodri, as uh, we only got six points between us. But, of course, that was four <coughs> for me, two for Rodri, which means after a few poor rounds from Rodders, I am now 33 points ahead. Mind the gap. Indeed, mate. Mind the gap. Um, but, yeah, Rodri, he's, he's in a poor bit of form. I think that's why he's he's, he's been away now, like two weeks in a row, yeah. because he is uh, he's embarrassed by his performance in the Super 6. He's embarrassed. Um, remind me later, mate, that uh, I need to do uh, the old sponsor. Because I'll forget and then I'll get in trouble. Uh, shout out to Four Sigmatic Coffee for sponsoring the, the channel at the moment. Can't fault them. And they do stupendous coffee, which keeps you going all day off one cup. Proper. Uh, Robert Boyle, how are you, mate? I am wicked, mate. Love to see your beautiful face again. How are you doing? All right, mate. All right, mate. 
not too bad, apart from the fact that I keep echoing on your screen and it's pissing me right off. But apart from that, uh, it's all good. If it keeps going, I might ask you to go back out and come back in again. We'll do you want me to do that right now? Yeah, go on, do that now while I have a little chit-chat to the, right. to the viewers. Um, in fact... If you've got a, if people have got any questions and stuff throughout the show, as always, please do send them in. Um, going to do probably a short, sharp hour, talk about as many different subjects from the world of football. Uh, there is lots to discuss. You've got you had United Arsenal last weekend, got United up for sale, Cardiff up for sale. Well, supposedly, uh, we've got Cardiff looking for a new manager. There's, there's Everton, Sack Lampard, the uh, Carabao Cup semi-finals, lots to discuss. So um, we'll have all of that to discuss. Oh Jesus, it's even worse, Max. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right, let me ever see if I can fiddle. Um, what do you make of Cardiff's managerial search, Robert? Oh Jesus Christ! Um, it's like. Do you know what it makes me feel like is Willy Wonka and Tucker Factory <laughs> just like there's some golden tickets knocking about out there. Well, I wouldn't even call them golden tickets in fairness. I would probably call them used sanitary pads knocking about and whoever finds them has the, the luck of Taking on this heap of shit. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> a lovely concept to have. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it looks like we're gonna uh, we're gonna get uh, ex forest ex forest manager Lamucci with um, Saul yeah. Bamba as assistant manager. But I mean, let's be honest, that's gonna be Lamucci, and then when things go wrong, he will get sacked, and Saul Bamba will take off, and it'll just be. Rinse and repeat, as it always is, mate. It's uh, just one of them things. Yeah. Uh, seem to go round and round and round. Eat, and sleep, sack, repeat. Eat, yeah. sleep, sack, repeat. Um, and yeah, anyway, I think we all know that until the board is gone and the owner's gone, nothing as much is going to change. We've got no money. And all that's happening is the crowds are getting smaller because people are getting more and more disheartened and fed up. Um, and it's just one of them, one of them things. But um, we'll talk a bit more about Cardiff. We'll talk a bit more about the championship. Like I remember when me and you um, a couple of months back were talking before Hudson got a job about potential candidates for the Cardiff job, and one name which we discussed was Michael Carrick. Um, and yeah. if, mem if memory serves me correctly, I think I said I think he'd be a good choice. I don't think. Yeah. He would come to Cardiff because he, I don't think we'd pay his wages and I don't think we'd pay the backroom staff and, and give him the transfer budget that he wanted. But yeah. actually, Middlesbrough did back him. He had his backroom staff in super quick. And then also, as well as that, he didn't really spend a great deal of money to get him, get him playing real good stuff. And I think they lost on the weekend. But I mean... They're sixth in the league, and I think he's doing an absolute fabulous job there. They've mm. lost one out of the last five. They've won the other four. They're in great form. They're playing superb football. And, I mean, if you watched Middlesbrough like a year or two ago, they were playing proper Cardiff football, like, you know, Warnock-style, like really painful to watch. And it's that type of football where if you're winning, you accept it. So, like, my example is always, like, the year United uh, Cardiff won the championship under Malky Mackay. The football we were playing was painful. It was, like, 1-0 win, 2-1 win, all the rest of it. But the reason people got behind it was because there was passion and there was commitment. And we'd have, like, last-minute equalisers, last-minute wins. We'd never give up. And we just... It, the momentum grew through the season with those 1-0s and 2-1s and stuff. And then... You know, you had the odd sort of heavier result. But the football, if we're being honest with hindsight, was painful. Like, you know, it was boring. It was, it's that type of just like, 
turgid shite, which we're trying to move away from. But Middlesbrough was in the same boat not long ago. Carrick's come in and he's gone and playing good stuff. You look at the football which United played and Van Hal and the Mourinho and Rania. It was a little bit better under Solskjaer, but not particularly great. And then all of a sudden, six months has taken Ten Hag with you know, three or four extra players, essentially the same players, and they're doing quite well. You know, they can see they competed with Arsenal on, on Saturday with the runaway runaway leaders at the top of the Premier League. Um and it just goes to show that if you have the right people in charge, whether it's in the management or in the board. It doesn't have to take it doesn't have to be a three-year project to turn things around the one disadvantage i think that cardiff has over some other clubs is that we've got no money which means you can't bring players in obviously we have a plan to embargo as well and it's it's just it's, it's a difficult to dig yourself out of that situation where you're fighting those battles yeah, I remember that conversation vividly, the uh, the Carrick one. And you're absolutely right, mate. Um, we were here, because we he was linked at the time, and I think within a couple of days after our conversation, uh, lo and behold, uh, he was an ex-Borough manager, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He was, and yeah, it just goes to show, mate, what, um, what, you know, what he can you know, what backing a young manager can do. But what's your, I'd love to know your thoughts on this one. Um, it's obviously not going to happen, not in a million years, but out there too, take off your anti-Liverpool hat for a second. But would you take, would you prefer Lampard or Gerrard or Gaffer? Uh, well, Cardiff. Yeah. If you Jesus. want to pick one, it's never going to happen. Let's be, let's be realistic. Um, I would take but. Gerard, um, because I think Frank Lampard is damaged goods now to a certain extent. I think he needs to go abroad to repair his reputation. Because this is my point, right? Is I know a lot of people point to, you know, he got Everton, he kept Everton up last year when they really looked down. But I mean, Everton should have never been in that position. Yeah, exactly. With the players and the squad they had. So they always, it was never a question of whether they had a good enough squad to get those results. So I would question how much of that was him other than, you know, just getting them going and whatever. But like, I point to the Derby squad he had, which he failed to get promotion with. And yeah. you look at that, you look at that team, and it was an unbelievable team. People like Mason Mount, who are now England regulars, and he was he didn't get them up. And I regarded it at the time as a failure, and I think it was a big failure. So, yeah. to me, this, I wouldn't touch Frank Lampard. I think he needs to go abroad. If you had to make me pick out the two, I'd probably pick Gerard Because I think Gerard showed at Rangers that he's got something about him as a manager. And I also think... Like, I look at Villa, right? They were going through a bad spell and they sacked him. I get it. That's football. But I, similarly to Mark Hudson, like, I'm just not entirely sure what people were expecting. Like, in Gerard's case with Villa, I think sometimes you get carried away. Like, he signed people like Coutinho and they thought they were going to compete for the Champions League or something, or Champions League spots. And it's like, it's never going to happen. It's going to, that takes, unless you're in Newcastle and you have literally got a bottomless pit of money. It takes years to build yourself up. It took Stoke like eight years or something just to become a, an established Premier League club, which wasn't fighting relegation every year. And uh, Tony Pulis, it takes time to put everything in place. You can't just do it overnight. No. In terms of being like an established Premier League club or long-term aspirations to take a football club on. Like, I look at... Like Mark Hudson's situation, just very quickly, like with Cardiff, like I don't know what he was expected to do. He had the same players, he had no transfer window to to deal with. He was picking up the pieces after Morrison was sacked out of the blue. No one knows still why Steve Morrison was sacked, and it's like, what? All right, maybe Mark Hudson. I think I think he made a couple of errors, 
early on with his selections and his formations. Maybe he tries to be a bit too cute and a bit too clever. But also, I think it was clear that the players wanted to play for him to a certain extent. But he was an inexperienced manager with no experience around him. Like he's got, he has got some excellent coaches alongside him. He had some excellent coaches alongside him, but they were, you know, they're coaches. They they coach. They they he didn't have anyone because there's no one in the Cardiff hierarchy who knows anything about football or has got a football side to their career. He had no one to go to with a bit of experience or a bit of. Um, nouse about him within the football club so he didn't have a director of football he didn't have someone on the board maybe who's an ex-footballer an ex-cardiff player or just knows the game from a footballing point of view it's the, the, the football club is vincent tan and then a load of bankers and finance people there's no one in there who knows anything about football yes there's people in there like dalman who know how to run a football club like they've been involved in that side of it but they don't know anything about football um so i'm not sure what people expected from mark hudson and it did come to the point where you know he probably had to go unfortunately um and i hope that people what it doesn't damage like his status with the fans and stuff because absolute bona fide legend um one of the nicest people i've had the pleasure of having on the podcast and meeting in person and exchanged some couple of messages with him like the week after he was sacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And he seems to be doing good and happy enough. Like, but just, yeah, just very disappointed because if ever there was someone I wanted to succeed as manager of Cardiff, it was him. I really wanted him to do well. But like, what are you supposed to do if you've got the same players who failed for the last couple of seasons, and you don't get a transfer window, or you, or when you do, like when a window opens, you've got an embargo, so you can't bring anyone in. Just ridiculous. Um, Cardiff, I think Cardiff will go down because I think the morale within the team has got to be about as low as it could get. You go through two managers who they like. From what I can, I know there's been rumours that one of the reasons Steve Morrison was gone is that some of the players didn't like him and he was a bit prickly with the media and the rest of it. But like nobody really knows, and I have to say. The people who I know within the club, I didn't hear that. I heard that the players loved him and they were quite shocked when he got sacked. So you got that. Mark Hudson was very popular because he's Mark Hudson. So you've got, not only have we gone through two managers, but we've gone through two managers who the players supposedly are quite close to and and enjoy playing for. Now, maybe... If they enjoy playing for those two managers so much, they should maybe could have given a bit more to make sure they didn't get sacked. But that's another conversation, I guess. Um, but like, what is um, you know, what's Lamucci going to do that Steve Morrison wasn't doing? Oh, I'll tell you what he'll do is he'll be he'll charm the press. Well, that's fantastic. I don't really give a shit if the press like the manager or not because that does absolutely nothing for the football team. I mean, the only thing, I don't know, maybe I'm being superstitious, um, I don't know, but maybe that's what we need is someone who's not uh, coming in and muckers with the players already. Not got a like you know you look around the right fucking big dick Mick take him out of the the equation, but like the last few managers, um, you know, Hudson and Morrison, 
you know, they've got the history of the club and things like that. They've Some of the staff is already there. They probably knew from their playing days, I'd imagine, even if from a backroom staff, you know, I mean, behind the scenes sort of thing. This guy is coming in now, um, potentially coming in now, and he's not got no direct link to Cardiff at all, apart from a couple of games against them. Um, I don't know, mate. I'm just maybe on clutching at straws. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, I, 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 I don't know, mate. It looks like it's going one way at the moment. Let's be, let's be, let's be realistic. Um, you know, how can we attract players? We've we got no money, mate. We've so, got no money. So how are we going to sign? We can only sign people on a free transfer. So like, um, all right, say we bring in, who did I see? Who was a free transfer we could bring in? Connor Wickham. Now, Connor Wickham in his day when he was younger was a very, very talented striker. But I don't know whether he's going to keep Cardiff City up from relegation and score the goals needed in 2023. Um, and he's been playing, you know, very sort of lower league football for the, the last year or so. It's, it's embarrassing, mate. And like Reese makes a good point there. He said, if you notice, I. All these managers who've been sacked, uh, they never say a word about the football club uh, after they've been sacked. However, all the former players are able to come out and reveal all about how the club was run. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that when these managers go, they have a payoff and they sign a big fat NDA so they can't talk about the football club. Because if you think... If you think how the general consensus within the fan base at the moment is... That they want a change, they want the board out. They've all had, you know, everyone's had enough of it and all the rest of it. So what that means is, if a man, say Steve Morrison has come out and said, "Oh, I got sacked for this," and any bad mouse club and blah blah blah, that, that that's the final nail in the coffin in terms of the fan going from a bit of dis or going from discontent within the fan base to full blown protests, which is starting to you you're seeing these sort of placards and signs starting to turn up now. But if you think if Morrison or Hudson or you know or anyone, Warner, McCarthy, if they come out and you know lift the lid on the, the, the board and sort of slag them off or whatever, that's gonna be the final nail. So of course they've got them signed, sealed and delivered. And look, it's it's unfortunate, mate. Um Jordan Hugel signed on a free for Rotherham. Um, Cody Dryman is going on loan to Luton. Um, I like um, I like Cody Drama, but I'm pretty sure, and maybe someone can correct me. I'm sure I don't know if it's still the case, but up until like a couple of weeks ago, we were only able to sign free transfers as part of the transfer embargo. We weren't able to bring any loans in. Or pay any fees, but I, I think that's changed. Much. I think we can yeah, get loans. So, but then if you're Cody, I could be wrong. Um, on me. Why would wrong. you want to come to Cardiff, mate? At the end of the day, Luton are battling for the playoffs. They play good football. It's a lovely little ground, old school grounds. Or do you want to come and fight for relegation in a fan base, like in front of a crowd that's already turned against the board and is kind of. If things don't pick up, it's going to be quite a toxic atmosphere for the rest of the season. So, of course, you know, players aren't stupid, mate. They know when, you know, they 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 understand like when the shit's going to hit the fan. And I think with Cardiff, the shit is going to hit the fan sooner than later. So it's going to be difficult to get people in. Now, maybe this Lamucci will be able to work some magic. Who knows? But. Until there's things put in place above the manager and the coaching staff, where there's football people there, nothing will change. It'll just be rinse and repeat. And Sol Bamba will be manager of Cardiff City. If, if he's his assistant, Sol Bamba will be Cardiff City manager before the end of next season. Simple as that. <sighs> so that's depressing. That's oh, the nice, shoot myself. So let's move on. So yeah, nice, nice, miserable fucking start. But, to the show. So, um, did you watch the United Arsenal game on the weekend? Uh, not all of it, mate, but I seen the back end of it. Um, especially the winner from Encadier, mate. Ooh. 
So what do you make of Arsenal's general performance? And do you think they'll... Are they, have they got enough about them to win the league? Oh, I think they... Oh, I'd love it if they did it. I sound like Kevin Keegan. Oh, I'd love it if they beat him. I'd love it. No. Um, I still think they are a couple of signs away from cementing it. Um, the, that's a great win over United over the weekend. That's an amazing win, especially the form United have been on. Um, but I... I don't, I, I don't see City dropping many points between now and the end of the season. And Arsenal probably have got a couple of losses in them. So, um, you say that, yeah, right? that Arsenal have only lost one all season. <coughs> yeah. And I think... You know, we all we all probably sat here, you know, how many ever years ago it was when, you know, with... Oh, I grant it's not on the same scale with Leicester City. You know, we're all waiting for the wheels to fall off with with Leicester, wasn't we? Um, yeah. And other teams kept dropping points around them. But I know, I, you know, I know it's not the same scale, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't know. I'd love it if they do carry on. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. But I, I wouldn't hold my breath. That's what I'm getting at. So, the one thing I noticed from... Uh, the United game earlier in the season compared to this one. So, uh, I thought Arsenal were excellent. But then, one thing I think they've got now, which they hadn't had previously, and I think Arteta deserves a lot of credit for it, is they've got a bit of um, resolve and a bit of fucking grit in there, mm. whereby, like, so the the... the the basic equivalent of their grit previous in previous seasons was Granite Jacker, who was basically one tackle or one little in- incident away from a red oh, he's card. A pass, yeah, I mean, he's he loses it very easy. Whereas they brought in Party, I think makes a massive difference. Odegaard's excellent, and I think they've got a good mix. But also in the game at the start of the season. They showed glimpses of that resolve, but United hit them on the break and took their chances, and and they didn't crumble. Like Arsenal didn't crumble, but United are very good at when they get ahead by a goal or two, at controlling the game. I mean, you look at the game yeah. last night with Forest. As soon yeah. as they were two ahead, it was like Forest were just playing. It was like United were playing a training game. So, like, I just think I look at Man City. Man City just look like they're struggling to find consistency. And every time you think, like, Saturday now, they've won and Haaland scored a hat-trick. But they'll go and drop points on the weekend or the next time they play in the league. And it's just, they can't seem to find the same consistency. And I think part of that is because they are still getting used to playing with an out-and-out number nine. And um, I saw, who was it? Who was talking? I can't remember. I was listening to uh, someone on the radio this week saying they were arguing, has has Haaland made Man City a better team? And like, not talking about his goals, obviously that's sensational. But if you look at Man City last year, and you look at Man City are they better than they were last year? And I think you could argue, there's an argument to be made that they're not better. So... Yeah, but look, they'll. I think they'll find the way. But like you saw when they played United, like Haaland barely touched the ball because they. He wants it in behind. He wants it crosses in the box. He wants it, you know. He wants it in behind the defenders and the rest of it. But they play through and in front of the. You know, they they break teams down, don't they? And they and they catch them on the press and stuff and. It'll take a bit of time, and maybe that's why they're struggling with the consistency. But they've got enough quality that they could go and win all their games from now to the end of the season. But then, like when you look at the table and you look at the form that teams are in, they've got to play each other is the one thing. So I think if Arsenal don't lose that game, I think they'll probably win the league. 
However, if you look at that table, who else is going to beat Arsenal? Well, where Arsenal are playing, the consistency, the grit, but also the quality. Like, who else is going to beat them? Liverpool, God knows what's going on with them. Chelsea are just buying everybody. So that's going to take a bit of time to sort of settle in. I think Newcastle might have a say in like where the mm. where the trans you know where the title race goes. Yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, sure. they're still, I think, a, you know, a work in progress. I think it's fair to say. Um, and then obviously, like, I think um, the, you know, I think the top four in terms of the Premier League will probably be as it is now. I think this was this Arsenal, City, Newcastle, United, and I think they've been the four best teams in the yeah. league. And you look at them; I think that's probably they'll be the four at the end of the year, barring any sort of mishaps. Like Newcastle's an interesting one because they haven't spent big like you thought they were going to, but they've still already, yeah. But they're already in the top four, playing good stuff in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. So it's like. When do they pull a tr- you're almost waiting for them to pull a trigger in a transfer market. But also, on the other side of that, I think I said to Rodri a couple of weeks ago, like, for instance, if they lose the second leg next week to Southampton and they don't get to the final, I think Eddie Howe's under pressure then. Because that was it. If he wins a trophy, he can sort of, you know, he can say, right, give me some money and we'll, buy, you know, we'll, we'll take it on to the next level. But if he doesn't get the trophy or he doesn't get to the final, is top four enough for them to not go in? Because they got so much money, they can go and approach any manager in the world. Um, it's difficult, mate. Like, but then if you if you said sorry, mate, if you if you said to the Newcastle fans at the start of the year, you can have top four at the end of the year without spending two hundred million they would have snapped your hands off her because that's a good basis to build because you can offer Champions League football next year, which means players will come without having to give them excessive money and the rest of it. So it's yeah, it's interesting, mate. But where yeah. do you see Newcastle? Like, what's the success for them? I think, um, to touch your point, mate, about the pulling the trigger, I think if Newcastle do get... Which I, they pro- like you said, they do deserve to get top four. Which they, if they do get top four, I think that's when we'll see the uh, the trigger getting pulled from the transfers um, because that'll have a massive impact on financial fair play with the revenue coming in from the Champions League and things like that. They they haven't got to be so careful, I suppose you can call it with the, the transfers and the wages and things like that because of the, the guaranteed income from the revenue from playing Champions League football. Um so um, it could be very dangerous for our teams if you know if Newcastle will get to top four because yeah, I think they'll I, I definitely think they'll pull a the trigger there, mate. You know, they at the moment they can't really not at the moment, but like previous window, they couldn't really offer players that much, could they? Apart from obviously financial gain, but often them um, Champions League football with financial gain, Jesus Christ, God help. Yeah. Well, mate, I think the summer transfer window is going to be absolutely be fucking bonkers, mate. Wild, mate, because Chelsea are trying to sign everyone. Arsenal seem to now finally have a bit of money to spend after moving to the new stadium like it seems to be coming together United are going to have new owners by the end of the season so Liverpool rebuilding well Liverpool have got to because they're going to fall behind otherwise Yeah. so they can't afford to not because they've got such an old particularly in midfield they've got such an ageing squad that yeah. they need to they need to redo it Tottenham I think will sell Harry Kane in the summer he's only got a year left They've got to sell him to finance, you know, their Conte's project. So there's so much going. Newcastle got a bottomless pit of money. So you could end up with like, because if United say finish third or ten hot any and they win a trophy, say they win the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup or something, that's a success for ten hearts. So the new owner is going to be like, wow, look what he's done with not much. Let's give him fucking. You know, 150 million or whatever, or Mbappe or you know, whatever, and like 
so they're going to be looking to really go from top four contenders to title contenders. Newcastle are going to have that money, you know, where they're going to have Champions League and they're going to have money to spend. Man City got money to spend. So you could just have like all these clubs competing for the best players. It could be a multi-world season next year. It's really, uh, it's quite exciting in one way. But like, especially because it looks like Harry Kane's going to be available and it looks like Mbappe is going to leave Paris. So straight away, you've got argue, like what some people would argue, the two best centre-forwards in the world available. Well, straight away, United need a centre-forward. Newcastle have got the money to spend. But I'm sure Chelsea will try and sign them just because they're players. Um, well, allegedly Mbappe would only go to Liverpool. Yeah, but see, I, I was reading that the other day. So, but then I saw another thing from about a year ago. Well, actually, it was about six months ago, where he said he'd love to play for United and Ten Hag. And I saw another thing where he said he'd love to play for Pep. So it's like, you know, he's going to go where he wants to he's go. He's a little whore then. And at the end of the day, mate, right, say he goes somewhere in the summer, if Liverpool finish sixth, well, he's going to go and not play Champions League football? Yeah. No, oh, is he fun? So, you'll come around and say, oh, I've always loved Newcastle. I'm sure is my idol growing up. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> as they all do, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but, like, I do find it, it's really interesting because um, you've got these... What I think, what I like about what Ten Hag has done, and Eddie Howe, actually, as well, is they haven't just come in and spent 100 million and bought all these, like, new players. They've signed a couple of players but they've they've made the players they've got better mm. like Luke Shaw was good anyway but now he just looks fucking unbelievable whether he plays a centre back or yeah. left back you've got uh Juan Basaka looks like what everyone thought he was going to be like yes. when he first went to United because he, he's his defence defensively is excellent like he's he's the best tackler in Europe I think like in terms of just a one on one like did you see the tackle he done on Wilfred Zaha? Yeah. Zaha's like three on goal. He's like five yards ahead of him. And by the way, Zaha is not slow. And then, and he just not only gets back up with him, he slides and hooks his leg around him in the penalty area and wins the ball. No other defender is capable of that, in my opinion. Um, but like, so yeah, then Fred looks like he can play all of a sudden. Um, Rashford is on like this ridiculous run of whatever it is 11 in 10 or something like 10 goals in a row or whatever it is so like and the same with Eddie Howe he's got Callum Wilson scoring goals but um, in, Joe in, Linton mate Joe Linton um, what's he's the just word? A born uh, again in Marianne or in Marianne in Marianne or in Marianne or something in uh, Newcastle Amaro. Yeah, like he just looks like he looked like a fucking donkey, mate, before Eddie Howe, yeah. yeah. and now he looks like a world beater. It's um, it's, it's that's what that's what top coaches should do. Yeah, and this is why my argument has always been for like Jose Mourinho. Like you can't argue with his record, but like if you bring Jose Mourinho in as your manager, you got to give him two, three hundred million. Over a couple of seasons, let him buy you every once. He'll build a team, he'll win trophies, and then he'll blow up and he'll go. And that's why he was never a good fit for Tottenham, because Tottenham were never going to give him. They were never going to let him sign the players he wanted and, and whatnot. And like even United, they did it for two seasons. He finished second, and that's when they should have then given him, you know, the big bucks. To they should have pulled the trigger. Yeah, and they didn't. They shit out, and then then it all went goes wrong, doesn't it? It's like you gotta. I think yeah, it's all right signing players, but top top coaches will make the players they've got better. Uh, Eddie Howe has really really impressed me, mate. And that's what like Graham Potter now at Chelsea, mate. Jay, he's he's got to do the same. Like he's got all these players. They're signing all these players. I'm not sure how much say he has in it in terms of. It, does he does he want all these players or are they being given to him? Um, I wouldn't know, but what I can say is Graham Potter's got to show that he's a good coach now and he's got to use these players and he's got to build that Chelsea team. That Chelsea squad's unbelievable and they are massively underachieving. 
they are playing absolute terrible stuff and they look awful. They look like a team of individuals, but on paper, they've got an incredible squad. So I'll be interested to see how Potter does. Um, and like I've been saying, saying to Rodri the last couple of weeks, I think that Chelsea was the wrong club for Graham Potter. Not that Graham Potter was the wrong man for Chelsea. Uh, I think that Graham, like Chelsea, were the wrong club for him. But it, he's got to show now that he can get all those individuals and turn them into a team. Do you think he'd be still manager of Chelsea this time next year? Mm, probably not. You won't be really. I don't think that the biggest names, which he, all these big names he's signing, um, particularly like some of the young, like they're like young, but they're already proven. And I just think um, they won't have the respect for him that like a Tuchel would have got, or a, or a you know like Klopp or whatever. They, they won't respect. They won't respect him in the same way, unfortunately. Because I think he's potentially. I think he could do a good job, but the way Chelsea have behaved in the transfer market is nuts, Smith. Nuts. So I don't know is the answer because I really don't know if he's wants those players or if they're being pulled for him and then said right there you go yeah uh, do you know what was mad Rich? you see um, so Tottenham signed Dan Jama from Villarreal <laughs> yeah. I think it was, and he had he had photos taken at Everton and everything like he's signing on you know he's signing yeah. photos with a shirt and that and then he changed his mind and went to Spurs because he says, or supposedly the room, the, the reason is because Frank Lampard got sacked and the only reason he wanted to go there was because of Frank Lampard. But to me, I just think he's he's realised like how toxic it is at Everton at the moment and he's thought, you know what? Spurs want me. At least I can go there and it's a bit more chilled because it's mental, mate. I saw loads in my... Uh, I got a few from me too, Newcastle fans... And they do not want Anthony Gordon from Everton. Yeah, it's was, was, was a great segue there, mate. I was going to ask you about that one. Go on, carry on. Professional. Well, Anthony Gordon hasn't turned up to training for Everton for two days. And look, three by the way, three is it? I got to say, by the way, three. Um, I don't blame him on one hand because what's happened to him by his own fans has been disgraceful. Like he's a homegrown. Homegrown player, having his car surrounded by masked and hooded blokes and kids and whatever. And like, you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know how far they're going to take it and the rest of it. He's only a kid. Like, that's yeah. got to be, it's got to be very, very intimidating. And then when you think, oh, my, if my own fans are doing that and to, you know, I'm a homegrown player and they're turning against me. Um, it is what it is. I heard that he did an interview. I think it was last year, it might be the start of this season, where he was asked by the club channel or whoever was interviewing him, like, who's the best at, you know, who's, who's the best finished, who's the best finisher in the team? And he went, me. Who's the best, who's the fastest in the team? And he went, me. And he, they asked him all these different things about the squad, and his answer to everything was, me. And apparently that, Upset a few people, so you know he's. But oh, he's, he's, he's confident in his own ability, mate, isn't it? You know, like yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't discourage that at all, mate. I, but, I sorry, I was just going to say, if you don't turn up to training for three days, do you know what that does, mate? Is that puts teams off because whether it's Newcastle or Air Tottenham or whoever's looking at him. They're looking at that and they're thinking, well, do you know what? Well, if he, you know, if he's not happy with something, is he going to just be a headache? Yeah. And the answer would probably be, yeah, you will. Look, once a player goes down that route, you can understand why football clubs then don't want to touch him. And you could certainly understand why the fans, like if you look for Newcastle, for instance, tremendous, they got this wicked team spirit at the moment. They're on this amazing run, having this amazing season. Do you want to bring in uh, a youngster from Everton who hasn't been pulling up trees this season for 40 million, a lot of money, 
who could potentially cause a problem within that squad if he's got a bad attitude. Yeah. Your money could be spent better elsewhere, couldn't it? I think. Um, There was... Yeah, I I read a few things about the day. You know, Christ, when Rooney broke on the scene, and granted, he was a diamond dozen, he never skipped training. I'm I'm not a big Wayne Rooney fan, by the way. He never skipped training or anything like that. Even when he fell out with United, and he fell out with, when he fell out with United and he fell out with Fergie and he put in a transfer request. True. Like, he put in true. a transfer request because they wouldn't spend money, but he never didn't do his job. He played every week whilst being booed, scored goals, turned up for training, did his job. But off true. the field, he told Fergie... The told, part, but yeah, you're absolutely right there, mate. I completely forgot about that. So yeah, that's a good shout. In my opinion, look... Uh, uh, Gordon has got to understand there's two sides to it. One side, yeah, of course, we understand him not wanting or making a point about training or trying to force a move because of whatever. Maybe he's not going to... Like, we don't know. Maybe he's not going to train in because he's not happy with Everton's security. You'd, no one knows. Like, And if he, if that would say, right, say he comes out tomorrow, right, uh, he does an interview with Sky Sports News and he says, the reason I haven't gone to training this week it's because I asked the football club for extra security when I'm entering the ground because my car's been surrounded several times. And the club said no. Is that, is that better than him trying to force a move? Like, is that forgivable then? It's damage. I think um, I just caught sight of the chat and Reese brings. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What a fantastic point. You can bring that up. About player power. Yeah. Well, you say that. I'll I'll fight back a little bit against that. Oh, here he goes. Look at, look at Ten Hag this year, mate. Look how he dealt with player power. Uh, Ronaldo, bad attitude, dropped. No, missed preseason, so he didn't play. Uh, bad attitude, dropped when he refused to come on. Um, then he knew that he'd recorded an interview with Piers Morgan, but it hadn't come out yet. So he made him captain. Played. So the interview comes out and he says, Ten Hag doesn't respect me, blah, blah, blah. But he just gave you the captaincy, so you look like a tit. <laughs> as soon as that interview was in the car, he was out of that football club in days. In days, mate. Marcus Rashford, on the scoring run of a lifetime, turned up 15 minutes late for a meeting on the day of a game, dropped. Comes on, scores a goal to win the game. Player power is only what football clubs and managers allow it to be. Paul Pogba got away with murder at United under Solskjaer because Solskjaer was too soft on him. Paul Pogba fell out with Jose Mourinho because instead of doing what Ten Hag did, as done this year with the players, and he's made it clear everyone gets treated the same, Everyone's got to follow these rules to take the club forward and the team forward. Poor Mourinho tried to do it with like slide digs in the media, like he did the same to Luke Shaw and yeah. Pop. And that that just creates a, it doesn't create the reaction that he wants it to with modern players. Whereas I think it, modern players, I think if everybody's treated the same, 10, 15 years ago, it works. Yeah, yes, it does, and that's why Wayne Mourinho, when he was at Chelsea. They did work having those little digs. It motivated players like Frank Lampard and, and Drogba and, and McAuley and that. They took it personally. And then the next game, they would run through a brick wall to prove him wrong. Whereas now, I think attitudes have changed. People are encouraged more to like to talk about how they're feeling and, and the rest of it. So it's just different. Whereas, like... No one knows at the moment why Anthony Gordon hasn't gone to training. So my only kind of before with the reason I'm not criticizing him fully, I guess, is because 
if he came out and said that he's asked for extra security and the club haven't given it to him, or he's struggling with the mental side of it because he's been harassed, I think that the football club has a duty to do more to help him out. If he's just trying to force a move, then he deserves all the abuse he's getting. Do you see what I mean? What do you actually think it is, mate? Surely, as a big club like that, as much as I can't stand everything, the stuff I've seen over the last few months, few years, the fans have been doing, surely as a club they have a duty of care to protect players. Of course they do. They should do. And then, and it's where the, the first time his car got surrounded, they should have made sure that he had extra security whenever he was you know, going about club business and doing stuff. However, he has also got to understand that he's from a working class city. He hasn't been performing on the pitch. His, his attitude has been questionable. He gets paid thousands of thousands of pounds a week. And if you're a football fan who's struggling to pay your electric bill because the cost is in prices, and you see a footballer who's getting paid at the very least, and I mean at the bare minimum, he is getting 25 grand a week with sponsors and the rest of it, he's probably getting closer to 50. And you see him refusing to go to work when you're getting up for six o'clock in the morning to go out in the cold and do your labouring job or your whatever job. Like, of course, football fans are pissed off. So if that's not the re- if the reason is not that he's trying to force a move, then him, either he should make a statement and explain it or the club should, because they have a duty of care to him. If it's, if he's not trying to force a move and it's to do with something else, then deal with it. Look at the way, sorry to use United as an example again, but like, look at the way that they've dealt with Jaden Sancho. Um, he had a friend of his who killed himself. He was struggling. It started to affect his form on the pitch. So in the World Cup break, instead of just putting him through the paces and just working him like a dog to get him back to it, they said, no, go to Holland. Here's a personal plan. Work with these people who also include like mental health people. But you're still doing a a personalised football training. And he's now back training with the first team and by all accounts, I've heard he's doing very, very well. Probably yeah. not. But, like, that's how you look after a player, isn't it? That's, like, that's, that's just perfect. I uh, question I question how... There's two sides to it, right? To this. If he's trying to force a move, then he's been a bit of a twat. But I think you've got to understand if there's a homegrown player from Everton who's come to the academy, he's from the area, blah, blah, blah. Like, if he wants to leave, there's a reason. Because when your homegrown players want to leave, there's an issue. Because normally they're the ones who get forced to be sold for the betterment of the club, like a Rooney, like a Joe Ledley, and Aaron Ramsey, whoever. Like, they get sold, but they stay as long as they can because it's their club. Now, if he's trying to force a move, there's a reason. And I would, like to, I, would like to, I would like to know what that reason is, to be honest, before I completely slam it. Um, sorry to poo-poo on you again. Yeah. But another uh, player power went going back in what I was saying, but mm-hmm. the great point where Reese put out was about Oba, Aubameyang. Well, yeah, look at uh, uh, Brilliant. Got to get rid of it. Anything which is a bad apple. And he's come back to Chelsea. He's done the same. Yeah. Well, that's admit. I said when they signed for Chelsea, how can they justify bringing him in when the team down the road, five minutes down the road, have got rid of him because he was causing a problem with him. He was knobhead. Remarkable. Was he a uh, Forgive me, but was he a free for Chelsea as well? Or did they actually pay for him? No, I th- uh, I'm not sure. They might have paid for him actually because I believe he's not long time for that. He went to Barca for free, didn't he? Yeah, but then yeah, I think Chelsea paid like twenty million, maybe is it? I don't know. Someone will correct me, I'm sure, but I I can't remember what happened. Yeah, oh, spot on again. Reese says like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, for all his 
faults he dealt with Jesse Lingard incredibly well. Jesse Lingard had a hard time personally. Yeah. Um, his mother's mental health was bad. He raised yeah. his brother and sister. And the media were going after him constantly. Social media as well. Um, but I would question, like, Solskjaer did a lot to help him. But, like, I would argue that Man United as a football club didn't help him by not giving him certain advice and not helping him publicly, I mean, by, like, if you tell the fans, like, I know they did tell uh, towards the end of his, his United career, they did sort of say what was going on. But if fans had known, like, a year or earlier, I believe that buys him a bit of, like, goodwill or a bit of, like... With what, Jesse? Yeah. And, look, I get it. Like, some people, maybe they don't want their personal life, um, like, plastered all over the place. But you can say, like, listen, so-and-so is going through something. Uh, it's away from football. It's a very, very difficult, delicate situation. Um, he'd appreciate privacy and, and a bit of whatever. Like, there's ways to do it without telling the whole story. Now, I'm not saying... Look, none of this could apply to Anthony Gordon. None of it could. But if you look at his situation and what we do know, him be his car being surrounded multiple times, the abuse, the abuse he's getting on social media, his form on the pitch compared to last year, it wouldn't be a surprise if someone told you that he's got some stuff going on or whatever it may be. So, look, it's a difficult one, but I just thought it was funny that like some people Newcastle fans, Tottenham fans were like, no, we don't want him. So I'd be interesting to see if he goes. Um so as we like look to wrap up and that um I wanted to sort of look to the, the FA Cup on the weekend. Um some some good games. Some good games in the FA Cup. Good game, good game. Come on now. Uh, if anyone's got any questions, get them in as quick as you can. Um, just before we do talk about the FA Cup and do our predictions for the weekend, uh, I would like to say thanks to Four Sigmatic Coffee for sponsoring the show. Four, Four Sigmatic is basically a sciencey way of saying really good for you. They turned the planet's most astounding nutrient-dense ingredients into things you will love having every day. The purpose of Four Sigmatic is to help people achieve elevated wellness with the world's most nutrient-dense ingredients. They started back in the happiest country in the world, Finland. Their founders, Finnish grandparents, brewed mushrooms when they couldn't get coffee during World War II uh, due to the shortages. They turns out the organic coffee plus functional mushrooms like chaga is delicious and kicks off the day every day to make it a good day ever since we searched for the most enthusiastically studied best of the best four sigmatic ingredients to add to the daily go-to's for focus clarity energy and balance to de-stress and what i can tell you as a as a personal thing um you know i'm very skeptical as a human being generally and um what we uh what i discovered is I heard, I read it and I was like mushroom coffee mushroom coffee like oh that sounds a bit all right I'll give it a try and I have one cup a day so I don't have it when I first get up I give it a couple of hours and then when I start to flag I have one cup about sort of ten half ten and um being up about five hours at that point so I'm like starting to feel a bit tired and it just gives me a lift and for the rest, for a good couple of hours, I feel like I've got um, like just a clear head that I feel give really big left black, and uh, it tastes amazing, mate. I gotta say, um, and you can use the code Ace Nation, get yourself a nice little discount. They do subscriptions where they'll send you your product each, you know, every month, just rotating thing. But they also do one-off ones. They do instant coffee. They also do like what I've got. So I. The, the brand they sent me is the Think uh, brand, which is um, the mushroom one with lion's mane extract. Um, use the code Ace Nation. Get yourself a discount. Give it a try. Um, it is superb. And, uh, of course, we thank Four Sigmatic 
for sponsoring the show, Pat. Thank you, Pat. What was you going to ask me, mate? I don't know. What was I going to ask you? I don't know. Something about a coffee. Oh, what's the best coffee to get? No. Um, what I was going to say was, oh, sorry to jump back to the, the comments again, but Reese is, did I of you see that Prime show about Arsenal Arteta saying that's why I kept all the dates in case the date comes when we know them? What do you mean? What about Oba? Is he on about Aubameyang? I don't know, mate. I don't know what he's on about. He's, he's in a world of his own. He's in a world of his own. Oh, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll tell us. So, yeah, FA Cup, mate, um, is coming on the weekend to Friday. You've got Man City Arsenal, big game um, in the FA Cup. Have you got any giant killers in there? Let's have a look. United are playing Fulham, Sunderland, some, some good games, mate. Who do you fancy for the, for the FA Cup this year? Uh, United. Yeah, I think they're going to win both the games. I don't think United are going to win it. Do you I think they'll win the Carabao Cup as well? No, I think Newcastle win it. So, I'll tell you what I think United will beat Newcastle. Um, I think when you look at the team, the players they got, they've got a lot of players who've played a lot of cup finals. And the way that United play football under Ten Hag... I think is perfectly set up to play against Newcastle in a one-off game, where you press and you hit them on a break and you win the you either win the ball high up and like you know hit them when they're out of position, or they'll hit them on the break. And I just think when you look at like they got Martinez just won the World Cup, Rafa Varane's won the World Cup, De Gea's played in loads of finals, Shaw's played in loads of finals. Um, I just think there's so much quality players. Casemiro, Casemiro is like a serial winner. I just think they'll have too much experience and quality for Newcastle. Assuming Newcastle get past Southampton. Um, but I think it'll be a good game. But i got a feeling United might win both the domestic cups, I think. Um, Wrexham play Sheffield United on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Leslie, Mitchell. Leslie, you missed the uh, Middlesbrough talk. We started off the show praising Michael Carrick and talking Middlesbrough. So oh, they get relegated. They get relegated. Yeah, absolutely dog shit. No, they uh, you have to go back and watch the start. Um, Wrexham, Sheffield United, mate. Fancy Wrexham to get an upset there? Is that Wrexham? Oh, what a game. It'll be about 7-5 to whoever wins. What a game. What time is that on Sunday? 4.30 Sunday at Wrexham as well. Oh, i got a feeling. I fancy Wrexham, mate. I really do. I, I, I actually do as well. I think 3-1 uh, Wrexham. Yeah, I think so as well, mate. Um, so we're going to do our predictions now to finish off for the Super okay, 6. Okay. Uh, let me just bring them up, mate. Um, if anyone's got any questions, we'll answer them as well. But I need to be quick. Places to be, people to see, all the rest of it. Um, so, yeah, Rodders was um, unfortunately had a last-minute thing come up, which he couldn't do anything about, which is unfortunate because he was ill last week. But he will be back uh, next week. Um, shout out to Rob for jumping in very last minute. Um, I appreciate that, mate, as always. Always a pleasure, bud. Um, and obviously we had Evan on last week, which was uh, a nice change as well. Like Getting a few little different faces on the channel. Say hello. Got to get all these people. Um, and if you didn't watch, so if you were a patron, you will have already seen it. But um, if you're not a patron and you didn't watch the second episode, episode of the big debate which we dropped on youtube yesterday you are missing out um so last night i dropped the episode where we talked about gender and uh, oh boy what a conversation that was really really interesting um it was very um what's the word some will say controversial i guess but we were very like you know, we try to look at it from all different angles. But like, as you know, Rob, we um, 
we've talked about all different subjects with that. Like we've talked about um, euthanasia. We've talked about crime and punishment. We've talked about what else have we done? Cyclists, like all sorts of stuff. It's been uh, it's a good series. That's going to be coming out every Tuesday. The new new episode will be free for people to watch and have a look. Uh, but predictions for the Super Snicks this weekend, my friend. Let's get it done, as it were. Uh, first game is Fulham versus Sunderland. I've gone two one to Sunderland. Two one Fulham. Uh, Southampton versus Blackpool. Two 0 Southampton. Yeah, I've gone two 0 Southampton. Uh, Bristol City versus West Brom. I have gone two three to uh, West Brom. Yeah, I go two one baggies. Uh, Ipswich versus Burnley. One Ipswich. Three one Burnley for me. Ooh. Um, Preston versus Spurs. I've gone four one to Spurs. Yeah, you can't see anything but a Spurs win there, can you, mate? No. Um, but Preston are in all right form. They've won three of the last five. Nah, I go two 0 Spurs. You'd expect Spurs to play quite a strong team. Like yeah, you. I think they will, but they so won't take it lightly. And then finally, Saturday night, eight PM, live on TV. United versus Reading at United. Um, Ten Hag plays very strong teams in all these games. I think generally because he hasn't got that big a squad. But um, I've gone four-one United. I think they'll give. I think they'll give Red in a bit of a shoe in. I've got to be honest. Two uh, 0 United. Uh, Red in of um, not in the best of form. United are obviously on fire at the moment. So yeah, so Leslie's not going to happen. There you go. Um, right, girls and boys. As always, it's a pleasure. Uh, please do as always share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Really helps us out. We're back, Leslie. We're back eight o'clock every Thursday, mate. So get involved and don't forget to check out the big debate every Wednesday, nine p.m. Um, on the YouTube channel. Last last night was gender. Next week, maybe we'll drop. Uh, what should we drop next week, Robert? Well, I, I decided I'm going to do them out of order. You see, so um, got heaven and hell. Got life after death. Sex education. Well, so capital punishment. Um, yeah, there's all sorts. Uh, you can the sort of brown sauce. Yeah, there was in there. No, no. All sorts of cyclists. There's all sorts of stuff. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Rodri will be back next Thursday. And uh, sorry, to disappoint you all. Rodri's back yeah, next week. I do apologise. Rob, Rob, Rob is the super sub. Um, but Rodri, I love you more, Reese. <laughs> And uh, yeah, check it out if you want extra content as well. We do a shows on Monday with uh, with Reese, and uh, we've got hopefully got a Cardiff City show coming or a Championship show coming soon as well. Just trying to work out uh, the best best way to take that. Also, um, I have a new new channel coming uh, with one of the patrons soon, so keep a lookout for more information on that. But until then, we bid you farewell. Good times. Sports Social Podcast Network.